This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word. This week on The Inside Word, we catch up with a jumps jockey who enjoyed a stellar Monday at the races. That, of course, is Hamish McNeil. Hamish, congratulations um, for your success on Monday. Uh, I'm I'm guessing a little bit of a pinch-yourself moment to take out both the features there at Ellerslie. Um, Yeah, definitely. It still probably hasn't properly sunk in yet. It was, um, yeah, a very memorable day, that's for sure. What was what were your sort of thoughts like heading to the races on Monday? Did you think they were both winning chances? Um, Ara Guru in the hurdle, I definitely thought was a winning chance. Just with um, his previous run when I rode him in the highway to Pookie and I was four wide on him most of the trip and he finished off very strongly. Uh, we then took him to the beach the Thursday before the race and he worked up an absolute storm. And the field itself probably wasn't the strongest field that we'll see this season. So yeah, I was I was confident with him going in. Mm. Eon, um, I initially was going up there thinking he's just going for a run round. I knew he was a very good jumper um, from watching his replays and things like that. But um, it was Kenny that when I got to the races and spoke to Kenny, he had he had every faith in the horse. Yeah, and. Um... Going sort of then to the race itself, were you confident that you had had the races um, both won from a long way out? They both jumped beautifully, didn't they, throughout, really? Um, again, the hurdle, all right, Guru, as soon as I um, peeled out off the back of uh, no change and went upside, I mean, he pricked his ears and he, I met those last four hurdles perfectly mm. and um, he, he, made, he, he made lengths out of them. And um, yeah, when he turned for home, I gave him a little slap on the shoulder and I had, a, I had a decent old look around behind me and I knew that on that on that testing ground, nothing, you'd have to be Pegasus to catch me. Yeah. He's an old war horse and yeah, he, yeah, nothing was going to catch him. Um, Eon, I just literally wrote to instructions and then turning, coming down the hill on Eon, I saw that Zartan kind of came off the came off the hedge a little bit coming down the hill and left a nice line and going from the the maiden chase where uh, no tip came up my inside and beat me by a length and a half. I kind of stole some tactics off Sean Phelan there and took the inside run and was able to dictate to them around the bend coming into the last fence. Where do you um, base yourself, Hamish? You're up um, obviously north, but around the Pukekohe area, is that right? Yes, yeah, so I um, I work for Sean Clotworthy. I've been working for Sean Clotworthy for about a year now, yeah. And so how, Park. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been in New Zealand for? I have been in New Zealand. It'll be almost to the day seven and a half years. Wow. Yeah. What What yeah, sort yeah. of made you make the move out here? What What was the instigator? Um, I mean, so I've always been involved in horses. My family, and especially in racing, my dad's side of the family, most of the families in racing. So I've had my cousin was a jockey and things like that. And um, I was always pushed to travel when I was a kid. My parents always said, go out, travel the world, see, experience things. You know, home's always there. Mm. And when I actually met, um, I worked with Derek, Derek Nolan. I worked with his brother at Sir Michael Stout in Newmarket the summer of 2013 mm-hmm. and Derek came across for a holiday and I literally I just chewed the ear off him about racing out here and what it was like and 
left and he came home with my number said he was going to get me a job and I was like yeah whatever no worries I'll, <laughs> I'll give him my number I'll just you know I'll play along yeah and about four months later I got a phone call saying I've got your job and I said well I'll get a visa and I'll be out there wow god that's a brave move that's a big move yeah so I was I was I just I turned 18 in October 2013 and I was on a plane on the 8th of December mm. yeah who was the job for so I initially came out and worked for Sean Clotworthy okay. on a four-year visa. I signed up as an, I came across, I kind of, I, I played it a little bit. I came across here as an apprentice, mm. but, but there was no ambition to ever ride in the flat. I was always going to ride over jump. So when I got out here, I just changed my license over and kept a four-year visa. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what, um, what were your initial thoughts when we got when you got here? Had Derek Nolan summed it up well? Did he did he give you a good sort of uh, overview of what to expect? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, he definitely gave me a good overview of what to expect at Sean's. I I um, I was very young at the time though, and I came across here with no family or anything like that. So I was a, I was a little bit wayward when I first came across. Yep. So. Um, I only stayed at Sean's for, it must have been about six months. And then I was at the jumps trials one day. I think it was my third set of jumps trials I went to. And I fell and broke my collarbone in three places. So that was a lovely, lovely introduction to New Zealand jumps racing. Mm. Um, and then after that, I came back and I spoke to John. And they both agreed that it probably wasn't the right time or place to be working at Sean's at the moment. Um, I need to go away and get a bit of experience. And he didn't actually have many jumpers at the at the time okay so i freelanced between cookie and Brailey park for Collett and williams mm -hmm. for six months and then i headed down to graham rogerson's and i worked for Roger for the best part of four years okay was a, that was a big learning curve again I my work guess wasn't the greatest when i when i arrived there but um he drummed he drummed the intimate that's for sure mm. As Rosie does, he's he's pretty old school, but um, I learned a lot there. I did I did learn a lot there, um, and then yeah, what was it? Two years ago, I had a bad accident. Two and a half years ago, I ended up in hospital with a punctured lung and lacerated liver and stuff. Oh goodness! And then leaving that, I kind of thought it gave me a bit of a new outlook on life. Of um, I probably want a bit more of a life as well as the job. Mm -hmm. I spoke to Stephen Cole and he was quite happy to take me on with a lot less hours than what I was doing. And then I was at Stephen's for um, 14 months and then went back to Sean. So I've gone full circle. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, you came over here with the intention to ride over jumps. What was your experience in the UK um, and Scotland before you came here? How did, how did it all begin? Um, so for me, I... Well, I mean, I've been riding ponies and stuff since I was two. Yeah. And um, then, like I say, my cousin was a jump jockey. He was a retainer jockey for one of the biggest jumps trainers in the UK. Woman called, eh, well, definitely in Scotland, a woman called Lucinda Russell. Mm -hmm. So for school holidays from the age of like 14, I was up there. And I left school just around 16. I did one year of A-levels. I left school on the Friday and started full-time work for her on the Monday. Okay. So, um... Working for her, I rode as an amateur and had a few point-to-point -point rides. I had a winner for her. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was some um, 
there's other factors when moving out here. My cousin had uh, a heart attack and died. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, very early on. And he was on the day before his 21st birthday. And I am. Um, so that was another reason for moving out here. It was a way of me getting away and making a name for myself instead of having to live, live in his shadow a little bit. Mm. Which, um, yeah. So that was, that was a big decision. I bet, yeah. What What was your family's thoughts on that, uh, you moving so far across the world? And, and now, are they watching with the excitement, obviously, after Monday yeah. and, and successes? So um, my family have been my biggest supporters. Mm. I am... Um, biggest supporters and like like i said my parents always pushed me to travel um and they said look you're 16 well you're, you're you'll be 18 when you get your visa if you travel four years and you don't like it come home after four years and you'll only be 22 yeah you know um they've come across here twice my mom's been across here twice my dad came across the first time with her um and i've been home twice since then but now i speak to my parents i speak to my parents every day on facetime you know i'm yeah I'm, yeah, very close family. Um, and then, like, the races, so they, they're they amazing. They get up. Uh, I, I don't even have to tell them when I'm riding. They look at everything, and they get up at in, in, in two in, 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, and watch all my replays as soon as they come out on the website, and, which can be a good – it's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing if I have a if I have a, an off day and I have a couple of falls or something. The phone, the phone doesn't stop until I reply to Reply, them. yeah. But, um, <laughs> As of Mon- for Monday though, that was that was a special day. So I've got I've got a brother as well who lives in Houston, Texas. He plays golf over there. Oh goodness so, me, <laughs> spread around. Yeah, we 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 cover we we cover we cover most areas. Yeah. But Monday was very special. The fact that after so when I won an alright guru, I actually lost my claim. That was my last winner to lose a claim, which okay. was a big a big thing for me. So um between the running of the hurdle and the steeplechase, I actually had a group FaceTime chat with my parents and my brother, which was uh, a, a real nice moment for me. Yeah, because oh. I could actually watch them, yeah. watch the replay come out because obviously there's a 15, 20 minute delay for the replays. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess you've been here, did you say seven and a half years, I think. Is, there, yeah. the, is this home now? Is this where you want to stay? Oh yeah, definitely. So I've I've got another year left on my visa at the moment, and I will probably I, I will look at getting a three year visa, and then once I get through, I will start applying for residency. Yeah, I've been a bit slack now. I mean, I could quite easily get it now, but after COVID and everything, there's a there's a bit of a, a bit of a waiting list at the moment. Yeah, sure. And and what's the future like? What obviously this the Monday was a big day, and and out, writing out your claim is another really big goal. What, have you set yourself something um, for the rest of the season and maybe the seasons to come? Um, look, my my short racing career so far has been very injury plagued. Okay. So um, I uh, don't like to set too many big goals apart from stay sound and keep on the good ones. Yeah. But after Monday, yeah, you definitely, I, you know, I, I, I can't say I'm not looking forward to the legs of Eon potentially going down for the national and then onto the northern. Mm. And Ari Guru, I mean, he might go for the Pakaranga hurdle, but I'm, again, the northern. I mean the way the way on on that testing ground in the middle of September, it's going to come up the exact same, and I think you'll struggle to find a horse to lay up to them. So yeah, they, it, it's a very promising season, but that's a long way away. So I just need to stay in one piece. Yeah, exactly right. And um, 
I guess as well, a, a number of New Zealand jockeys and trainers obviously um, target uh, Australian jumps racing. Is that something that you keep an eye on too and, and maybe you'd like to tap into into the future? Oh, 100%. 100%. That's, that's always been a goal is to try to get across the pond and right over there. Mm. It's a very hard industry to break into. But I think I'm in, I'm in the right place with Sean and Emma. We obviously had that real nice hurdler last year, Lake Superior, who won his maiden and then ran second Northern in his first first season. Yeah. Who got sold across to Eric Musgrove, and you know we've made good. They've got a good working relationship across there with him. We've sold another couple of horses to Paddy Payne and stuff. So I think I'm definitely in the right place. Yeah. for getting in the door to Australia, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier on in the interview about uh, obviously spending time with Lucinda Russell and also um, Sir Michael Stout. Tell me a little bit about those experiences and what those um, trainers were like. Different, I suppose. One flat, one jumps, but uh, I'm sure both had plenty of um, things to offer. Oh, um, so it, it's a completely different way of training back in the UK compared to here. It's a different world. But even aspects between Lucinda, between Lucinda and uh, Sir Michael Stout, they're polar opposites. Lucinda is very much a jumps trainer, you know, trains her stairs and stuff like that. Mm. And she's from a, an eventing background, a show jumping background. So, um, and she's partnered up with a guy called Peter Scudamore, who's a three or four time champion jumps jockey back in his day. Yeah. So the wealth of knowledge between those two, for the jumping side of things, um, was incredible. But to then move down to Newmarket when I was 16, 17 and kind of go to the mecca of, of racing in Europe, mm. um, that was um, an experience that uh, I'll never forget. And um, just the way things are run down there and the, and the way the, the way horses are looked after. I mean, they when people say horses want for nothing, when you go into yards like that, it's, it's incredible the care and, and things that horses get down there, yeah. What have you noticed um, from coming down here in comparison to um, the UK with regards to jumps racing and I guess the types of horses and, and have you noticed any differences that really stand out? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, in the UK, jumps horses, the, the horses are bred to jump, you know? Yeah. They, you know, they're born and broken in as two and three-year-olds and they, they purely jump, you know, a lot. If you look in the UK now, a lot of these horses are horses that are bred in Ireland and things like that. They go out and win a maiden chase in a point to point in Ireland and get sold to the UK or they go to France, things like that. Yeah. Whereas um here over here it's you're looking more at your stairs on the flat that have maybe peaked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um maybe run up in the in the weights on the flat races here and they can't, you know, they're struggling to win races. So then they'd look to go further their career through jumping that way, you know? Mm. Yeah. Exactly right. Are your um, family still based in Scotland or have they settled elsewhere in the United Kingdom? Yeah, no, no. My my family still live in Scotland. They've got a a little patch of land in a place called Hoyk in the Borders, right Mm -hmm. right in the border between Scotland and England. It's um, very similar. The scenery would be very similar to the South Island, just lots of rolling hills and things like that. So they're there. And like I said, my brother is based in Houston, Texas. Wow, that's incredible. Well, it's been um, awesome to find out a bit more about you, Hamish, and well done for your success on Monday. And fingers crossed, as you said, those couple of horses can power on through the rest of the season and bring you many more wins. Perfect. Thank you very much. It's great. I appreciate it, Emma. This 
podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word.